Welcome to Do A Blessing CNS Church London's podcast, sharing the good news weekly. We hope you are blessed by today's message. We're talking more around wonderful God. And I will start from John chapter 7. We spoke last week when I spoke around the Holy Spirit and the help from God. We'll just pick it up from there as we look a little bit further. John chapter 7 from verse 37 says, On the last day of the great festival, Jesus stood and said, let anyone who thirsts come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, as scripture said, the rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Spirit, whom those who believe in him will receive later. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not yet been glorified. So as we look at the introduction of the Holy Spirit, Jesus put a prerequisite in there. There were two pointers. One is in verse 37 when he said, if you thirst. That means that what he's about to introduce may not be applicable for anyone, everyone. He now said, if you thirst. That verse 31, sorry, 37, says, come to me and drink. That means you may come to a point of being tested, but that does not mean you will come to God. So he said, let your test lead you to me. And he said, and drink. So that means, if my test leads me to Jesus, I have taken the first step. And I now decide not to drink what is offering. So Jesus did not say, automatically by coming to me, means you are going to drink. That's why he said, and drink. So as we begin to look at tests, 
and hunger for the presence of God or for God himself. You begin to see that when Jesus will now talk again in John chapter 16 and talk about the Holy Spirit, he said, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all, he will guide you all. Amen. So, hallelujah. He will guide you into all the truths. It's interesting that he did not say, you know, it doesn't make grammatical sense when he says all the truths. You can say all truths. So what he's saying also, and when he says the truth, he did not say a truth. He said, so that means there is a specific truth that the Holy Spirit is expected to lead you to. Then Jesus began to say that Jesus began to say that he says he says the, the, he will he would not speak of his own, but he will speak only of what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Now he went to fourteen and began to expatiate on what he was saying. He said he will glorify me. So that means that all the truths, all the future truths that the Holy Spirit, the main essence of it is to point you back to Christ. Is to point you back to Christ. I'm laying this foundation so that we would, as we go further, we would probably be able to understand better. Jesus now began to draw the line even further. And he said, all that the Father has is mine. That is why I said that you will receive the Holy Spirit from me. And it will make, it will make known to you. What, what is he saying? He's saying that, you know, so you are not actually coming to me, as it were. It will be leading you to the Father. It will be leading you to me. Because everything the Father has, has is already been given to him. So that means the essence of the Holy Spirit, the ultimate purpose is to lead you and me to the Father. Now, I'm saying that because as we now begin to see how Jesus begins to use the word test and hunger because that was what introduced us to the Holy Spirit. He now said in Matthew chapter 5 and 6 Blessed are those who, who hunger and test for righteousness for they shall be filled. So it will be right to say if those who test for God because Jesus said the way the Holy Spirit will come and I will fill you is by, is by you being on, on, getting hungry first. Now I will be going into the Amplified a lot in this sermon because 
It gives us an opportunity to look into further what God is saying. Now, that scripture that I read, Matthew 5, 6, I'll read it from the Amplified. He said, blessed, joyful, nourished by God's grace, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He now explained what that means. He said, those who actively seek right standing with God will be completely satisfied. So he's saying that when he's talking about thirstiness, it is actively pursuing God and understanding how you can be right with God. Actively pursue it. Why is that important? Because Jesus defined eternal life for us. Jesus himself said in John chapter 17 verse 3, he said, now this is eternal life. That they will know you. The only true God. And Jesus Christ whom he has sent. So Jesus said, this is the definition of eternal life. That you know God. And you know Jesus whom he has sent. So the Holy Spirit, when you begin to hunger, it helps you in that journey. But one thing we will discover is that knowing God is an active decision to take. Knowing God is an active decision to take. Because this life that we are talking about is the life that packages everything that you would ever need in the kingdom of God. But Jesus now said, how do you get to begin to experience that life is when you begin to know who God is. Let us see Peter, one of the leading apostles of the church, how Peter put it. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 2 to 3. He said, grace and peace be, be yours in abundance. See how he put it. Through the knowledge of God, and of Jesus our Lord. He said, His divine power has given me us everything we need for a godly life. Again, through the knowledge of Him who has called us by His glory and goodness. I would explain it further by reading that same scripture in the Living Translation. The Living Translation says, do you want to be more and more, do, sorry, do you want more and more of God's kindness and peace? 
then learn, learn, learn to know him better and better. As for you, uh, sorry, for as you know him better, he will give you through his great power everything you need for living a truly good life. Even when he shares his own glory and his own goodness with us. You will begin to see as the Bible begins to make you understand that spiritual journey is a marathon. It's not a sprint. So he says to us, if you want to know him more and more, then learn to know him better and better. That is how you can improve your relationship with So that means I will begin to see even further. That means that you cannot have, you cannot reach a position where you have ever known it all. Your Christian walk is a part of learning. I was talking to the Michael yesterday, we were having a chat, and I was saying to him a couple of things that I have learned and grown in the last couple of weeks and months in my journey with God. That even last year, somebody would say, oh yeah, you know, you are okay. But the journey, the, the journey, the, what I am learning more and more about him, I am looking back and I'm saying, God, thank you. Because the journey is a learning process. Learning him. Second Corinthians. Again, I'm going to put this under the lens of the Amplified. But before we go to Amplified, let me just read what the NIV, um, the NIV says. It says, Second Corinthians, it says, We, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into His image with an ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Ever increasing glory. So let's look at it from the Amplified, the classic version. He says, and all of us with unveiled faces because we continue to behold him in the word of God as a mirror of the glory of God, we are constantly being transfigured into his very image in an ever-increasing splendor from one glory, from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Basically, you begin to see that the Bible begins to lay emphasis on a growth process. 
on a developmental process. But he said, as we begin to learn into the world, that journey is on the all, it is ever increasing. Ever increasing. And Paul, we begin to look, and Paul was making, see, that's what you said, this is eternal life. A life is a process that you learn. You learn life. You know, you can have life as a human, but you learn to be a human being. So when Paul was talking, Paul was making a decision. In all that Paul knew, Paul said, when he got to Philippians 3.10, he said, I want to know Christ. Now, this is the man that has had revelation about him. He encountered Christ on the way. In fact, Paul has been preaching. Paul has been healing the sick. But Paul keeps saying, my goal is to know Christ. Yes, I know the power of his resurrection and participates and the participation of his suffering to become more, to becoming like him in death. Again, let's look at this through the lens of the Amplified. Not amplified, just the name tells you all. It amplifies. It's like using, um, what's it called? Um, a magnifying glass to see what is really happening. So let's go to the amplified. He said, my determined purpose is that I will know him, that I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him. Perceiving, recognizing, and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly. This is a man that has been winning souls. This is a man that left everything for God. But he was saying, you don't understand my journey. I have a goal. And my goal is to progressively, no, please let's go back to that. Progressively become more deeply, intim intimately acquainted with him. Progressively shows that what he's saying is that my journey of learning about him is a progressive journey. So I am happy to be a student in the class of God. He said, I become more deeply. So that means you can think that you have some debt about God. <laughs> but you have not see the more I don't know what. I remember yesterday I was praying with a friend of mine as video last night and I was sharing with him I said you I, I stumbled into something in scriptures and I was like this doesn't make sense I said you know he said what I said don't worry, let us finish praying I said because I'm going to I'm going to call people that I you know that we brainstorm about Bible I said yeah please sit down sit down this one ah, 
This one, I didn't see it yet, but this doesn't make sense. You know, you begin to read the Bible and you feel that you don't know anything. Because your journey is a progressive one. And please, be sure you are progressing. Josmaya said something. Josmaya said, God told her that. See, these people that they're saying that they are pushing, they are making a, an attempt. Said God said, they are not, he said, some of them are like sitting on, um, you know, this retirement chair that just does, you know, that rocky, rocky chair. Said they are not going anywhere. Said, so when you keep saying that, oh, we are, we are all pressing, I said, they are not pressing anything. So, that they are using that as an excuse for themselves. When I listened to that as someone, she was, she was talking about rocking chair. But Bible says, progressively becoming more like Progressively. Knowing him. He said, deeply. He now said, intimately. What is intimately? Is that, is that there are less and less things between you and God. It is not, I mean, intimately is not, when you said that a couple is having an intimate, that means that there are less and less things between you and him. It is not, and we will get there, that's where, we, it is not only having five minutes washing. No, it's intimacy is gradually removing the barriers between you and God. That's why Paul said it is a progressive, it is not, it is not a, uh, what, what do they call this now? It's not something that you just snap your finger. He said, I'm getting acquainted with him. I am beginning to understand his character. Joe Job said, I have heard about you, but now I have seen you. There is a difference in hearing from God and getting acquainted with him. <clears throat> and that acquaintance is not something that you get in. It doesn't... See, again, please note that like we said, this is a man that I've had deep... Paul said, I went to the third heaven. He said, there are so many things that I saw their country. That is deep revelation. Peter was talking about Paul. Peter said, our brother, when he talks, the deep thing that he sees, he said, we come, we are struggling to understand it. And Paul is saying, I, am, I want to get, a, because there is a difference in getting acquainted with him versus, you see, and we would, we would and, and that is when you begin to make your choice. You and I will begin to make our choices. So that's why when Paul was so talking, Paul was saying, I want to share in the suffering. In that Philippians, because when you're talking about acquaintances, it is not, you will begin to, to, to push away pleasure for his sake. So you begin to that Paul said, he said that I may he said, he said that I may in the same way come to know the power of our flowing from his resurrection 
which he exerts over believers. God help us. You know, at times when we talk about the power of resurrection, we only talk about it from the power to be able to do something. But Paul is saying, no, the power that he uses over Christians exerts over them. He said that I may also share in his suffering as to continually be transformed in spirit into the likeness of evil. So he to himself of him. So into him in likeness evil to the death in hope. Paul is saying, I want to partake in his suffering. Again, this is where the challenge comes in. In the, in, we read it in scriptures that when the church was persecuted, people were happy that they said, the Bible said, they said that we too are also honored to partake in the suffering of Christ. God help us in Jesus' name. So when we are, when Jesus made a definition and said that they will know God, it is not just saying, it is not just knowing Him. There are decisions you have to make along your journey to know Him. Along my journey to know Him. Jeremiah 29, a scripture that we, we are familiar with. He said, I, he said for, I know, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. The plans to prosper and not to harm you. The plan to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. You will seek me when you seek me with all your heart. God is saying, no, I have a plan for you. But guess what? I don't chase people with my plan. You have to come. Now let's read the Amplified. I'm, I'm going to the Amplified. One of I'm going to the Amplified because you know, Jesus said that they may know. So that period of knowing, at times it is studying to understand God. And he said, For I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The thoughts and the plan for welfare, peace, and not of evil, to give you a hope in your final out outcome. Then you will call upon me, and you will come and pray to me. And I will hear and I would hear and heed you. Verse 13. He says, then you will seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity. I am not an option. When you are, when you want us to, when you want to know me, 
I must be a vital necessity for you. Knowing me cannot just be something you pick on the road. You cannot pick God in just a one minute, five minutes wash. You know. Getting to know him, and this is beyond head knowledge. Exodus, we'll begin to, so let's look at, we, we looked at uh, Paul, and Paul making it clear that my determination is to know God. Let's see an example of Moses. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 to 4. The Bible says, Now Moses was tending the flock of his of Jethro, his father-in-law. And the priests of the Midian had, had, had sorry, had led, sorry, he had led the flock far to the side of um, and side of the wilderness and came to Ori, the mountain of God. Bible says, there an angel appeared to him in flames of fire within the bush. Moses saw the bush fire and it was and it burnt up. Verse so it did not burn up. Verse, verse 3. So Moses thought I will go over and see this strange sight. And why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called him, God called to him from within the bush. Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. A couple of times I wanted to point out there. Throughout that scripture, you never see God refining the game to that fire. Because that fire did not mean anything. It was just a, it was something to distract him. There are some things that God uses to pull you and me. It does not, that is not the essence of his conversation. To know him, those things will become irrelevant. Those things were just things he used to pull you closer. But when you now make that experience, the hallmark of your journey. That's why when I was saying last week that the Bible says this sign shall follow them that believe. But if you follow signs, you will not see Jesus. You may miss Jesus. But if you follow Jesus, signs will follow you. So the Bible does not say this, this, this is what will follow those who follow signs. There's a difference between following signs and following Jesus. And please look, the Bible says God saw that he turned. Then God called. That means that if Moses did not make an attempt to show interest, God will allow him go on. I let that long time ago 
see, on the couple of years now, the Lord's Prayer that we lead to it, that forms the basis of of praying. That thing will never have come out if the disciples of Jesus never asked him, teach us to pray. It was because they said teach us to pray that he taught them. But you should ask, I was asking myself, they were seeing Jesus pray. The Bible says, is it in Mark, in Mark that the Bible says that Jesus woke up very early to go and pray. And the disciples said, ah, oh God, you've been praying here. All this while, people are waiting for you. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, come on, let us go. What am I pointing out? Jesus never taught them prayer until they asked him, teach us to pray. So that means they might have worked with Jesus all through their life. If they are not ready to learn, you are on your own. But why Jesus was praying and they saw him praying, it was an invitation for them to ask to know. But when they did not ask to know, God said, it's not a problem. Let's move on. So the Bible says, when God saw that Moses turned the other way, he spoke to me. What I am laying emphasis on here is that knowing God is a decision. It goes beyond having just a short experience with him. It would take making it the goal of your life, like Paul did. I want to know him. Osir, we'll see really later, but let's read it now. Next one, please. Osir chapter 6, verse 3. He said, oh, that we may know the Lord. Exclamation mark. He now said, let us press on to know him. I want to know God. No, you must stand up and pursue him. He now said, he will respond to us, surely. Note that between that we might know the Lord and He will respond, there is press on to know Him. He said He will surely respond to us. He said He will respond to us as surely as He arrives, as, as the arrival of the dawn or the coming of rain in hell spring. Basically, what He's saying is that if you pursue Him, you, he would respond to you. He would respond to you. Now let's go back to Moses and see some particular things. How Moses became this person that God said, hmm. Moses is, in, is another level. The Bible says, I don't know how to put it in. Of your of whom, he showed his ways to Moses and his, and his works, I believe that's what he did, to Israelites. So, if you ask Israelites, they know God. 
If you ask Moses, he knows God. But God says, they know me in different levels. Once know me by science. This one knows me properly. Those who knew God by science, they followed God, but they never got to the destination. The one who knew him for who he was, did not. This is the difference, and you begin to see it play out here. The difference is somebody who is pursuing God is Moses, who left palace, who was controlling the greatest nation of all the earth, and began to walk barefoot in the wilderness, versus those who were slaves all through their lives. They now got rescued. They now went into the same wilderness. Please note what happened. They saw the Red Sea. Slaves said, our life is better in where we are, where we are suffering before. But a man that was pursuing God saw the luxury of that life and said, I'd rather perish here than to go back to that place. That is the difference. One was willing to let go all that he had, all the privileges he had to pursue God. The other ones, the lack of privilege that they had was still, <laughs> was still a bragging right for them. You know, we eat, we eat good food <laughs> in Egypt, even though they whip them to eat. That shows the difference between a man that's pursuing God and a man that is not, is not he, he just wants to know God, but he's not ready to pursue. And you begin to see it here. Exodus chapter 33 from verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, leave this place, you and the people that are brought out of Egypt, Sorry, that he brought out of Egypt. When you begin to see God put some connotations in what he's saying, God did not say, the people that I brought out. He said, the people that he brought out. A man that begins to understand the character of God would know what he's talking about. And you begin to see, he said, Go up to the land and the promise. Sorry, go up to the land I promised on the hold. Sorry, promised on hold to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, "I will give you, I will give it to your to your descendants. I will send an angel before you, and it will drive you. I drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hittites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land." Flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you. So because these people are stiff net people that I might destroy them. What would people count that to be? 
God loves us because God knows that we are weak and he doesn't want to destroy us. So he has given us a privilege for an angel. His promises is coming to pass. His promises is coming to pass. The Bible says when they heard, they began to mourn. Now, <laughs> there is a pastor called Amore, if I'm right pronouncing his name. Amore said, there are some anointing that God has, I know that God has released to me to walk in, but I dare not walk in them. See, I've had the privilege of God talking to me about something in public. Would you share me? Ah, I bless you today. You are this, you are that, 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 this, like that. Wonderful bit. And where I was standing, I said, match on me. And I said, God, this issue, I know you are not happy with it. About me. And I felt God just smiled. Yes. Some people take it as, ah! Did you not hear what God spoke about me? God clearly said, he said, don't worry, that land will be, ah, will be flowing with me, canoni. You will enjoy everything there. Now you begin to see the heart of a man that has been leading people for 40 years in the wilderness. He has left the place where he sits down and people just bring him food. If you now go to um, verse 13, please. See Moses talking. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you. God... <laughs> See, all those things would, you know, people who are following something else, they would fall for it. You know, I need to understand you better. He said, he said that they may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if you do not go with us, do not send us up from here. Please, where did where, where we be? In the wilderness. He was saying, I, I prefer to sit here than to go to the promised land without you. When we begin to know him, your priorities will change. Then you begin to know that the way, because God throws you an offer, because naturally by Him, according to scriptures, the Bible says it is the glory of God to conceal a thing. That is how God does His things. 
He does not offer you the depth of knowing him just like that. He will give you offers that will make you walk away and go and enjoy it. Do you know that in Exodus also, the elders of Israel, God said, call all the elders of Israel and with you, come to the mountain. I want to speak to you. I don't have you up here, sorry. The Bible now says, when they now got there, God now prepared food for them. The elders now sat down and began to eat. And God said to Moses, you come. Moses said to the elders, stay here, don't worry, I'm going to say good. Joshua followed me. And those elders sat down and continued to eat. And Moses went. Is it not surprising that they had elders in Israel, but when God was going to choose the person that was going to lead them, he chose Joshua. Joshua was not an elder. If you spoke to those who said, is it not God that gave us it? Why? Because God lays premium on knowing him. And he will gradually we, it would, the Bible says it caused them to hunger that he may test what is in their hearts. So the Bible says here, <laughs> see what do Let's read on. The Bible says there, it says, no, let's go to previous one. I'm finish that. Um, that's 14. Okay, yeah, we said we will not go up from here. Don't send us up here. We would rather be in the desert than to go to a place where there is milk and honey. Please. Do not allow the visions that God has shown you. I need people who are close to me to tell them. When God says, ah, you will do this, you will do that, you will do this, you will do that, you never hear it in my mouth again. That is where it hits. Because that is not... I rather know him first. The Bible says, yeah, let's read up this. It says, in verse, yeah. He said, he, he, no, let's read on from verse 16. He says, now, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your, with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish us from uh, and your people from the people all over the surface of the earth? Please, I thought God was offering them an angel and a promised land. When people see their wealth, they will say, yes, these people know God. And God now responded in verse 17. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by your name. And why was God pleased? He chose rightly. And you will see what, how David, how, how Moses, because Psalm 90 was written by Moses. And you will see how the heart of Moses in Psalm 90, Psalm 90 verse 1. 
and truth. Let's conclude. He said, Lord, you are being our dwelling place throughout all generations. What is a dwelling? A dwelling is where you reside. God, you yourself, you are, we just don't visit you occasionally. You are not just if I have to go and preach, it is an interruption. This is my house. My house is just knowing you. Going out to preach is just a timeout of God's presence, of, of my dwelling place, as it were. Do you get what I'm trying to say? The challenge now is that people are taking what they do as the dwelling place of God rather than God himself be the dwelling place. If I go to work, I am taking God and me and God are, are, are going along. That is an interruption in our day. But all through the day, my hunger is just to know him. My hunger is just to know him. And Moses said, he said, God, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Is God your dwelling place? Are you satisfied just to keep knowing him? See, a student that is learning will be excited to always hear I'm learning. I just learned something. I didn't know that before. Ah, I'm learning something. Like I said, I was talking to someone last. I said, I don't know Bible. I said, ah, there's something I saw today. I was like, ah. no, 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 this doesn't make sense. Salah was prepared to say, I, I, there was something that I found out one day. I had to call one of my friends in America. I said, please let's set up a conference call now. Nah, 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 nah. So what's good? I said, ah. I said, I read something in the Bible. I didn't understand, though. And we spent hours. And after we finished, he said, you know what? Let us, this is, okay. This is where we analyze it to this point. You know what? You go. We'll fix another day. But by the time we meet, we would have gotten more research on this particular thing. It was just a couple of verses. Let God be, let it be, let it, let it be obvious that you are, you are a student in the heart of God. And please truly be learning. Truly be learning. Let it be obvious that you learn. Not, not obvious by, I'm not saying tell everybody that, you know. But when somebody is speaking to you, you know they're a learner. Or their son that is gradually getting to graduation. And you will see it, see, those who have made God their dwelling place, no matter what is happening around them, they have one focus. Psalm 27, let's see David. 
from verse 2. He says, When the wicked advance against me to devour me, and my enemies, it is my enemies and my foe that will stumble and fall. He said, Though the army um, besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. But in all of that thing, yes, there is war going on. Yes, the enemy is, is throwing himself up and down. But um, please, while you are fighting yourselves, you and my enemies, you demons, one thing I want to do is to do well. Sit there. Keep learning. You will not interrupt my progress of learning. You know, you can't, you can't, you know, you can beat me down, I will stand up, but see, that I would now abandon my learning and focus on enemy. David said, no, 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 this is how it works. He said, one thing I seek, see, when you begin to see somebody who is dwelling, or let me put this way. As you progress in your doing, your prayers will change. You will begin to experience people saying, Don't you think? Basically, what people expect you to be worried about, you are less concerned. Or you don't show that you are bothered about it. It is not a problem to you. It doesn't mean that the problems, that's why he said, the enemies are there. It doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge it. For you are too busy pursuing God than to spend your precious time looking at how the enemies are attacking, the new brand of attack or things like that. You, you are aware about it. God may speak to you about it. You may have to pray. You may have to do all sorts of things. But... The dwelling place is God. See, let the truth be said. This statement is not something you pick up in the day. It is a gradual process for you. Somebody will say, ah. <laughs> See, all your mates now, they are buying houses, buying cars. You are working with legendary vets and your oyster, uh, what's it called? Your oyster. Do you think that there's progress in your life? But what, why are you not bothered about it? He's actually, and he's honestly not bothered about it. Because his focus is so much on learning more about God. It's as if, can you imagine somebody, can you imagine if you were a close friend to Moses and you were in the, what's it called? You grew up in Egypt together. 
and you saw Moses putting on sandal in the dust of the of the wilderness. And the people that he said that he's, he's leading are giving him more problems day and night. And he's in the palace where <laughs> nobody there says, Moses, what did you say? I saw a comment and reminded me of Nigeria. When, it, when our lecturer is teaching me, I said, sir, I don't understand. Do the next thing will happen. Tear a sheet of paper. Everybody tests. Number one. That thing I say you don't understand. That's going to be your test. We say, if someone was explaining government, say, sir, I don't understand government. What did you say? I said, well, tear a sheet of paper. Question one, what is government? <laughs> so you 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 should not even bother out. There are some wonderful lecturers in Nigeria. You know, there's a lecture that when you enter class, first class, they will say, Welcome everybody. You have heard about me. This is my this is my this is my name. Please let me tell you, I'm a good Christian. And I believe in God. And I believe that you should always honor God. So in my class. A is for God. B is for the Son of God. You know what that means? You can't get A. That's what he's saying. So, except you are God, you can't get A. So, <laughs> so he's saying from C downwards, you can you can fight for it. But please don't expect that I'll give you A because A is for God, and we need to honor God. If you say anything, you say, are you trying to say that God should not be honored in my class? <laughs> oh, that's why I got, God help us in Jesus' name. What I'm trying to say is that as you begin to focus, see, there will be things that would not naturally not, you will be least offended. That things will not bother you because actually, your, your, what is, see, see the man that is that is following God. God told Moses, Moses, these people, I'm going to destroy them. Moses said, ah, why are you going to destroy them? This is the man that has all the right to call on God to destroy them. That's why God said, this man, I speak to him face to face. He understands me. That's what the Bible means when it says, God speaks to him mouth to mouth and face to face. It's because he, he has grown to know God in the depth of who he is. So the Bible says here, he said that I may do well in your house, not for a short time. See, those who are dwelling in the presence of God, if I'm in a place and I don't have the opportunity to preach for a whole year, it doesn't bother me, honestly, because that is an interruption to our regular day with God. So I am so ex so. When I'm coming to minister to you, I'm not coming to minister to you from, I'm coming to minister to you from the dwelling place. Say, this is what we have learned in the dwelling place. This is what, when, when I was in the dwelling place, this is what God said we should talk about. So, when you are coming, you are bringing the dwelling place to them. He said, he will hide me 
in his sacred temples and set me on high. He's saying that because I am in his dwelling place, I will be kept in his stead. That was what Jesus was saying when Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and every other thing will follow. Let's read this scripture also. We read this scripture earlier. Osea chapter 6. Osea chapter 6. From verse 3. The Bible says again, this is where we read it earlier. But let's just read it in the Amplified. So, let us become personally acquainted with him. Let us press on to know, understand fully the greatness of the Lord. To, to honor and heed and deeply cherish him. He says his appearing is his appearing is prepared and is as certain as the dawn. It will come to us in salvation like the heavy rain. What is the one thing that you are satisfied with? Even if you don't have any other thing, are you truly satisfied with that? If you are going to say, you know, I will not answer any of your prayers again. I just answer one thing. You will know me. Will you be honestly contented with that? Because as God begins to reveal himself to you, then he begins to place you on the high road. But it is a journey of knowing him. And we are all learning. But in your learning opportunities, there would be occasions that God will promise you a land flowing with milk and honey and going there and enjoying it and saying, or do you want me? This is not what the devil has given. This is what God has given. Samadhi, and he said something once. Those who know Samadhi, Samadhi said he was praying to God. And said, God, I am unknown abroad. 
There are countries that they read my book. If I go to do conferences abroad, it's always packed. But in Nigeria, it's only the educated each part of Nigeria that really, you know, that really follow you. If you go to places like northern part of Nigeria or you know, even the core east, you ask with somebody and they don't know who he is. I said, God, why don't you help me expand my ministry here so that I can impact people? And God said, oh, that is not difficult. You can do that for me. Just ask. And I'll give it to you. And God said, but you will not last. He said, you will not last. He said, God told him, he said, because you have not learned enough for you to be safe for me to expose you to the nation like that. And this is a man, because he knows I'm at the end. What I'm talking about, when he said it, it was in maybe 2020 or 21. It was very recent when he said it on this pulpit. It is not all opportunities that God throws at you that you don't examine yourself well before you grab it with your two hands. Because that is at times that's how God will test where your heart really lies. It may not be something that we, you know, I'll give you another example in the Bible. Paul. A prophet came, the prophet said, Ah, they will tie your hand. When you are going, they are going to destroy you. What did Paul say? Paul, Paul still went. And that was part of God's plan for him. But why did the prophet come and tell, to tell him before? This is how you would know where a, a, the heart of the man is. The Bible says that Paul and Silas were in prison. And when you know that those prisons of those days, they would have, they, the Bible says they beat them and now threw them into prison. The Bible says while they were praying and singing, the prison door opened. What would be the natural response? You will run out. God has saved me. Thank you. But they sat down there. The jailer came and said, ah, they have they said, no, we are here. We are not going anywhere. But an angel opened the door for you. No, it's not a problem. The angel just did his own. But we are here. We are here because you are here. You need to give your life to Christ. <laughs> but in, and that is where you begin to see a man that is crying, I want to know you. That even when the prison door is opened, that people have been praying that the prison door should open. He will sit down in the prison yard. He will sit down in the prison. And that was Paul in the journey of his life. So as we, as the Holy Spirit begins to open the door of knowing God, it's important that you know it is a lifetime journey. 
it's also important that you know that there will be opportunities. Not that God will ne- not later give it to you. He will give it to you. But at that point in time, Jesus said, I can call angels to come. He can. If Jesus said, angels come rescue me, they would respond immediately. But he knew that was not the will of the Father. And the Bible said they spat at him. And he blessed them. Because he understood. He had come to know the Father to a point where they are intimate. Luxury is not what is between them. Even self-worth, as it were, is not what is between them. Because how can you hear that somebody like Paul, who was in charge of prisons, sending people to prison, is now being locked up? And when God gave him the opportunity to run out of prison, he said, no, thank you. I just want to know you. It's just about you. What I'm saying is that as you continue the journey with God, God will hear you when you say, I want to know you. But he will test your heart. Not with the devil, but things that your heart really desires to want. Say, do you really want this? I'll handle this way. When I wanted to travel one day, so there was actually a prophecy. And God said, No, I walked into a church. I thought, What are you still waiting here doing? There are people waiting for you abroad to come and teach them. Quickly. You need to start to move. So that day, I will not forget, an uncle of mine, who had not actually met them, I got an admission into the university in that country, in that part of America. They had prepared a room for me. They sent me pictures. He had put a deposit down for a car. He was speaking to somebody for a job. He said, by the way, when you come here, I just don't want you to have any kind of issue. Just walking into a job part-time, you have a car that you can move around and things like that. In fact, we have a room that we prepared for. So I walked into the embassy. I can, the only thing I can remember is God said to me, said, if they don't give you this visa, will I still be God to you? Tell me what I said. Everything is set. Everything is set. To set everything accurately. When, if you go for a visa application, tell you the American embassy, you stand in front of the counter and they talk to you on the other side. When that lady asked me all the questions, when she was about to make a decision, I saw the clock behind her and it was three o'clock. 
It is the hour of prayer. The covenant hour. I said, God, yes. God has done it. At three on the dot, she stabbed my, stabbed my passport. Said, go back to the jail. You are, you are not going anywhere. As I walked out of that place, I remember God was saying, did I not tell you? Am I still God to you? Or would this now become and say, hey, you know, I'm God, but you said this. I see that was the end of it. That was the day I was praying with someone. We were praying in church. And he said, by the way, I see that people are waiting for you abroad to teach. He said, but there is also a place that God is calling you to, to minister, to pastor for a period of time. He said that place is in Nigeria. He said, why don't you pray to God? That God would give the work of Nigeria to somebody else. So that you can go abroad to go and do God's work. And I responded. I said, it doesn't matter. I said, one, God cannot give me to walk in two places at the same time. So he has a plan. So, sir, don't bother about praying. Let him choose what he wants. And where did that land lead? Isa Bafarawa at the end of Sokoto towards on the border of Niger. Because when he gives you the opportunity to make a choice, he will not transport you to it because he wants to test your heart. That day, I don't know what would have become of me. If I said, God, take away the suffering of Nigeria, I want to go abroad and go and minister. He would say, Well, you can, but you go with an angel. Let us rise Thank you for listening to this week's sermon. Have a blessed week.